Welcome to Redefining Balance for Working Moms podcast, where we believe life balance is possible. Uh, Yes, even for you. You might just have to redefine what it looks like for yourself. I'm your host, fellow working mom and founder of Your Life Rocks, Jenny Stemmerman. Each week, I'll bring you practical, real-life tips to help you focus on the things that matter most in life and be the best version of yourself in every area that God has called you to. Ready to redefine what balance looks like for you and your life? Let's go. Hello there, friends. Welcome to this week's podcast. I'm so excited that you are here to hang out with me. You know, last week we launched into a new series all about helping you grow in your career. Now, when we had planned this series, it was long before the coronavirus and the crisis and the pandemic and the quarantine and all of that happened that has completely changed our world. Now, for some of us, we might be impacted mildly by this. And for others of us, it might has completely changed our way of life. I mean, I know a lot of us, our jobs have drastically changed. I've heard a lot of you in our community who have lost your jobs, have been laid off, have been furloughed. And really, there's just a lot of uncertainty in the time to come. Now, of course, as believers, we know that this is not a time to be fearful. This is a time to put our trust in God. And I listened to this really great series from a church that I used to attend in Arizona because I just need some extra inspiration myself these days. And so I am listening to sermons daily. Anyway, I was listening to him talk, and he was really talking a lot about how faith is an action and fear is a feeling. And we need to let our belief and our action and faith be our driving force and take capture our thoughts and let our thoughts lead our emotions and not our emotions leading our thoughts. And I thought, you know, that is such a powerful, powerful statement. And I know that sometimes it can be easy to let fear kind of drive over and take control over things and start to let that control our thinking. And I don't think that having any of those emotions are wrong. Having fear is wrong, but it's letting the fear drive us that we need to make sure that we are not doing because We know that whatever happens, God has us all in the palm of his hand. Now, with that, we are doing a little bit of a switcheroo with our series because I really want to make sure that I'm providing you content that is going to be applicable to you right where you are in the midst of this crisis. So let me tell you a little bit about what you can expect over the coming weeks here on the Redefining Balance podcast. Now, as I was looking at our production calendar and looking at the content that we could provide, Really, there's only a few Tuesdays, which is when our podcast goes live in the month of April to really best support you. And who knows how long this is going to last? It could be a couple more weeks. It could be a couple more months. Let's pray that it's not a couple more months for so many different reasons. But at the end of the day, it's going to be what it's going to be. But there's no way for us to kind of predict and figure out what is going to be the best way of supporting you when you need it. So this is what we're going to do. We're rolling with this week's episode. Now, the guest that we had previously scheduled to air today, because of everything that has happened, she had to rearrange her schedule and was no longer available. But I have a great episode for you. If you decided that you want to look for something that's more flexible, or maybe you lost your job with everything that's happening, maybe you're furloughed, maybe you are laid off. But today we are joined by career coach Catherine Solomon. Now I've had her on before. This is a replay of the interview that I did with her. And I chatted with her for a few minutes just to see if there's anything new that she would have to share with us. And really the message is the same. And I felt 
that it was very, very pertinent for us to have this conversation with her about the different options and different ways that we can look for work that are more flexible and can help us have more balance. You know, I'm a huge believer in things happen for a reason. And maybe, just maybe, this crisis is happening to allow you an opportunity to seek out a new opportunity, to think about some new possibilities that could be out there for you. And Catherine has a number of different resources to point you to. Now, she does have a fabulous newsletter that she is putting out to help people navigate all of the ins and outs of looking for something new. And we will link to that in the show's description so that you can get more information from her. Sign up if you want to, if you find that that is the boat that you're in and you could really use that information. Now, this will be the last episode in the career series. We are putting it on hold because I think that there are some other things that we need to address. And number one is relationships. I don't know about you, but being home with your family is awesome but it can bring up a lot of different things to the surface. And so I wanted to make sure that we are providing the right resources for you for that. So you can expect a two-part series coming over the next two weeks. And honestly, I don't know how much time you even have to be listening to podcasts right now, working from home and trying to homeschool kids at the same time and take care of everything and keep everyone healthy is a lot. This is an unprecedented time. So in the month of April, we are using our lifestyle guide as really a key catalyst point to provide you all of the tips and resources that you need. So our production calendar for the lifestyle guide has kind of been rewritten as well. And I've reached out to a lot of our lifestyle experts that we've had in the past for from Kimberly Walton for marriage to Lindsay Young to Jennifer Ford Berry, Catherine Solomon, who you're going to be hearing from today, and a couple others with their best tips to help you out in the crisis that we are finding ourselves in. Now, we're going to be taking that lifestyle guide, and I will be recording some audio episodes around those as bonus material on this podcast for you. And you can also catch the audio version of that inside the lifestyle guide. So you can go right to the lifestyle guide for April and binge listen to all seven of those mini episodes all at once and get all those tips and inspiration that you need as well as listening to it on the podcast. And if you've not yet experienced the Lifestyle Guide, you can get it for free inside of the Your Life Rocks mobile app. You can download that also for free inside of the App Store, and we will link to that in the show description as well. In addition to the podcast and the Lifestyle Guide inside the app, you can also find some free courses, resources, planning tools, and so much more. So without further ado, let me get into my interview with Katherine Solomon and all about helping you find flexible work as a working mom. Katherine, welcome to the Your Life Rocks podcast. I am beyond excited to chat with you today. Oh, I'm so be here. Thank you for having me. This is going to be a great conversation. Now, before we get into all of the great wisdom that you have brought to share with us about how we can really focus in on our careers, tell us first a little bit more about who you are. Well, I am a career coach. I have been working with women, current and professional women for the past 15 years, helping them navigate various stages of work and life. And I am an author of a book called Ambition Defined, which just came out uh, last week. Congratulations. That's exciting. Thank you. And I also am a speaker and I I get around and share my wisdom of 
women in work with various groups and tried to spread the gospel. Women should always work uh, in a flexible way. I love this. And I love your message too of working in a flexible way. And I think a big part of that is really knowing what balance means for you and what you really want from life. So my question for you right off the bat, of course, we're always talking about balance on this show. What does life balance look like for you? And what do, how do you define that for yourself? I find life balance as the ability to nurture and cultivate all generations of my family alongside with during my long-term financial security. And you know, obviously, families always come first, but you really need to be thinking about financial security as a form of caregiving. Oh, I like that. I like that. You know, I think that that's something that oftentimes we don't look at it through that lens of financial security and, and our ability to be able to provide in a financial way by working. So tell me a little bit more about why that's such an important thing, especially for women. Well, you know, there's still a lot of debate in certain schools about whether uh, women should work or stay home or if you can have it all or if you can have it all, but the same time, you know, all these kinds of things. But yes. financial security piece and, and the fact that work is a means to a paycheck, which is a means to being able to save and invest, then get long-term financial security for a retirement could last 30 years or more. And all of life never knows. I mean, that's the piece that people don't talk about. That's the very practical piece. That's the, the emotional piece or the mental piece. That's the very practical piece. And so if I am talking to women who say, you know, I just feel that I need to be home with my children. And there still are, you know, many women who feel, you know, that they really need to be focused on children or seven. And I mean, I'm a mother of two daughters and they love being a mother. I do the best for my children. But if you are not contributing to the security of your family, God forbid you run out of money late in life, it's those very same children that you feel that you need to be with for seven and a burden if you're in that situation. Mm, that's a very interesting perspective of so many times that we feel guilty for working because we're not there to take care of our kids, where in fact, it is, in fact, that we are taking care of our kids. It just might not necessarily be in the here and now, but really, really looking at it from a long lens, which I think is an interesting perspective. And I don't know if I've ever really heard anyone come at that whole working mom situation, the working mom scenario with that kind of a lens. So that's very, very interesting that you brought that up. Yeah. I mean, and the other thing too is that look at it from another similar angle, our parents are living longer than they ever thought they would. And as a result of that, even parents who were at one time affluent could run out of money because once they reached the point where they need round-the-clock care or 12 hours of care a day, 
Um, it's very expensive, you know, could be an average of, you know, $25 around the country. Once you start adding that up, and if they don't have cancer or some um, debilitating illness, if they're just having trouble walking, let's say, that situation could go on for many years. And if you're married, it could involve not just your own parents, but it could involve your in-laws. And so that's another reason for women to be in the workforce. Because I, I talk about caregiving in the context of not only children, but our second caregiving job is for aging parents, up to four aging parents if we're, if we're married. And so we're all facing that up to four aging parents could have, you know, great longevity, but limited mobility or, or you know, things that, that don't kill them, but where they, you know, need lots of help. And it's going to be a huge financial drain. And so while we're trying to shore up our own retirements, we may, in fact, also be faced with up to four more people financial help. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it is kind of astounding to me how many people underestimate how much money you need to have for retirement. And I know just even for, for myself, me and my husband, you know, looking at our parents, my parents are still in the workforce. His parents have retired, but I think that they underestimated as well. And, and so we often look at that, you know, and, and how we're going to be able to help support them as they continue to age and more needs start to come up for them. So I think that this whole perspective is so very interesting. And I know that there is kind of this tug of war, even for moms like me. I love to work. I've never been a mom that's, that's been a stay-at-home mom. Like it's always, I've just felt like it's always my calling to, to be serving in the workforce in some way, to use my gifts in that way. That's where I have a natural pull to, to be and to spend my time. But I, you know, it is hard sometimes to try to balance that and kids and all of the other things that come into play. And, and I know that you are like the queen of flexible work. And I think that so many times we can forget that there are other options out there, right? When we think about working, sometimes we just think about like that nine to five commuting into the office, you know, sometimes even working 60 hours a week or 70 hours a week as we start to climb up that corporate ladder. But you really kind of look at it through a different lens. So talk to me a little bit about what flexible work is and, and what might be available out there that people just are not aware of. Yeah, this is a very important point and, and a big reason why I wrote my book. The problem is that flexibility is not necessarily hugely visible at every company. So if you're currently working and there isn't a chapter in your employee handbook that talks about the company's flexibility p policies, it can seem like you know flexibility doesn't exist at your company. Similarly, if you're out of the workforce, you've been out of the workforce for a while, and you're thinking about back in, you may not be aware of all the, all the options, may be afraid of getting back into the corporate grind that you chose to leave behind. So there are actually six different kinds of flexibility if you want to get a paycheck from an employer. People don't realize that a full-time job can be flexible. It could be flexible in terms of the way your hours are structured, or it could be flexible in your workplace. You could work from home part of the time and work from in the, in the office part of the time. 
then there is a part-time job. And women think that part-time means being a job at a local retail store Mm -hmm. uh, in a doctor's office. They don't realize that there are so many professional part-time jobs now. And with many of these jobs, uh, you can also get uh, full employee benefits. If you work at least 30 hours for a company that has employees or more. So often women say, you know, I'd like to work fewer hours, but I don't want to give up my benefits. And so if you're just giving up 10 hours, you might be able to make that work. The other form of flexible work is is telecommuting um, or, you know, working outside of your office more freely at home. But also now there are so many shared workspaces that are cropping up everywhere. And you may choose to, you know, work in a shared workspace close to home and eliminate a big commute. There are job shares. Job shares are they're usually uh, not as common as other forms of of flexibility because they're a little complicated to to set up, but it's definitely a viable form of flexibility. Um, there's a, a wonderful company called Work Muse um, that thing but help to set up job shares. That's a great option. There is the option of a compressed work week. You usually work. 40 hours, that could work very well. As you could say, and working five, eight-hour days, I'll work for 10-hour and then have a day off. And then there are, are two more independent options where we're still getting paycheck from an employer, being a freelancer and working on uh, perhaps shorter projects. If you're deciding that you'd like to start your own marketing practice, for example, and you know, going into various companies and lending your expertise, usually on lar- larger and longer initiatives. So those are the six ways that you could work in a flexible way and get money, you know, from an employer. And then there are endless options of you know having having your own business um, and and being an entrepreneur. And I think what's amazing about this is that. It is becoming more and more common, I think, for for companies to be open to to having more flexible working type situations. But I often wonder, like, how do you how do you transition to that? How do you even find those? I mean, for me myself, I I sometimes I just think I'm very fortunate, but then sometimes I think, well, I but I've also paid my dues. <laughs> so my working situation is I do get to work from home. I travel probably about once a month, maybe sometimes every other month, but usually lately it's been once a month. Our corporate headquarters are down in LA and I I live in Oregon. So I travel occasionally to our corporate office, but I do work from home. And I was able to negotiate my hours being on East Coast time. My boss actually works from home in Georgia. So I was able to coordinate my schedule to be along the lines of her schedule. So I actually start work at 6am, but then I'm done by 3pm when my kids are out of school. So it yeah, absolutely. And and oftentimes I wonder like, gosh, how did I get so lucky? But I've also been doing what I do for 12 years and have built up a reputation and have been able to negotiate this kind of a, a working schedule and a working environment. But what is typical for women? How do they 
find positions like this? Is it something that you just kind of have to wait for that right opportunity and, and cross your fingers and hope for luck? Or is there more to it than that? Well, I mean, let's start with if you're in a, you know, you're in your current position and you're working full time in a, in a traditional structure. So how do you ask for flexibility? That's really, that's really what it boils down to. And women, hundreds and hundreds of women have told me over the last 15 years that left their jobs and left the workforce because flexibility was not possible at their company. And when I dig deeper, I find out that they reached that conclusion because all they did was lob a simple ask. So they might be in a meeting with their boss and at the end of the meeting, they might say, hey, you know, I've been thinking, would, would you if I work home a couple of days a week? And that's sort of the sum total of the ask. And can't really approach flexibility uh, that simply if it's not in the company handbook, if it's not, you know, a, a policy. And so you really need to make a professional pitch for flexibility in the same way that you would pitch a client with the same care and the same thought and make it a written proposal that your boss can quietly read and, and consider. And then you have to make sure that you are, you know, hitting all the, the points that are going to make your boss feel that nothing's going to fall through the cracks. So the first thing is to be very specific about flexible, the type of flexible work that you want. So I just went through all the, the different kinds of flexibility. You don't want to say, I just want to work in a more flexible way. Because that could mean a million things, and then you're putting the onus on your boss to figure something out. Instead, figure out what you think is optimal for you, and and see if you can make it work with your employer. You have to think about all things like saying before, you know, how it will affect your benefits, how it will affect your career advancement if you you know went to part time. You've got to think about you know how. Are you going to communicate with your team or manage, continue to manage people if you're not on site all the time? And what are you going to use for collaboration or for, for meetings? You, you want to think about, you know, what, what are the objections that your boss is going to have? They're going to say things like, well, what if there's a, an emergency and it's, it's a day that you're off or you're, you're supposed to be working from home and, and we need all hands on deck, you want to make sure that you are showing that you're going to be flexible about flexibility and that you're going to be able to in at times when, when there are situations, you know, you have to monitor that over time and make sure that, you know, an employer is not taking advantage of you. But, you know, and there's the where the work will get done is going to be, are you pitching 100% telecommuting or are you pitching, you know, a couple of days at home? What's the home office setup that you have? Will equipment need to be or software need to be replicated in the home office? Is that something that your employer would provide or be willing to pick up? You talk about ways that the flexibility arrangement could benefit your employer. So, for example, if you shift your hours, 
could it help your employer service clients who are in different time zones, kind of like what you were talking about. Or if you cut out a lengthy commute two or three days a week um, and you reinvested that time into like back burner projects, you know, that would be a benefit to your employer. What would you be able to do better and faster because you're not, you don't have the distractions of, of the office? You know, so those you want to, and you also want to create checks and balances. You want to be sure that this is going to work for you, it's going to work for your employer, and that there's, there are open communication channels and defined check-in points that everybody can make sure that it's, it's truly working for everyone. And it's really just a matter of all of this is giving employers a comfort level that work is still going to be done, it's going to be done on time, it's going to be high quality, and nothing's going to fall through the cracks. Hey there, I hope you're enjoying this series all about helping you grow in your career. Did you know that inside Life Balance Membership, we have a whole resources section just to this? Yep, in there you can find things like how to pray for your boss, creating standard operating practices, aka routines, to help you with your quarterly, monthly, weekly, and daily planning in your career, and a bonus course all about helping you grow in your leadership. Now, the cool thing with this course is it's an audio course. You can just listen to it while you work, while you drive, or while you wind down. And of course, this is in addition to the member-only podcast, all of the courses, the planning tools, and so much more waiting for you inside Life Balance Membership. You can start a free seven-day trial by going to lifebalancemembership.com or upgrading right inside the Your Life Rocks mobile app. All right, now let's get back to the episode. I love it. So it's almost like you're putting together a proposal, like a like you're really selling the idea. So you really have to think through the benefits of what it's going to be for both your for your boss and for the company, but then also being very proactive to to kind of think through all of the different issues that might rise up and how you're going to handle that. So you're really helping them to to rest assured. And I love too that you talked about knowing what what you want for flexibility. And and you know, I think it's interesting because sometimes, you know, we always say the grass is greener on the other side. You know, and it sounds great working from home, you know, and not having to commute in. But it, it also, I think, is something for people to consider that there's always going to be the downside. There's always going to be those thorns that come with every rose. And while it's amazing to be able to work from home, you know, are you one that can really just sit there and be on Zoom <laughs> all day, every day in meetings and, and be proactive about your communication and, and what it's really like to be isolated at home versus being in the office where you have friends and Coworkers around you. It's definitely a very different piece, you know, when you're when you're having that kind of flexibility. Yeah, it's that is so true. There's a um, there's a chapter a section in my book that is called "Decide if a home office would be your heaven or hell." <laughs> and it, it's as you say, it's not always all it's cracked up to be for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I have a friend. She's like, it must be so great to be able to work from home where, you know, you could throw a load of laundry in. I'm like, dude, like I, I can barely make it to the restroom, let alone throw a load of laundry in. I'm, I might be home, but I'm not like home. I'm, I'm working, you know, and when sometimes when you're telecommuting and it's just as easy as jumping on another link into a meeting versus, you know, you have that time to walk down the hall to the next meeting room or the next office for the next meeting you lose some of that time and you forget like, oh my gosh, I haven't eaten today because I've just been in back-to-back meetings and I've been sitting in the same chair for eight Mm -hmm. hours straight. 
So, you know, it is a very different way of working. Right. Yeah, that's good. Now, for people who are kind of thinking one of these options might be for me, and maybe they've proposed this to their boss, and maybe it's not an option, and they might be looking at moving elsewhere. What other kind of companies should they be looking at? What tends to be more open to this type of of working environment, working arrangement? Well, if you do the professional pitch for flexibility, like I described, you're going to get the flexibility that you want 80% of the time. Oh, that's amazing. But there's still that 20%. And so you you may be one of the people that, you know, runs up against a brick wall. And at that point, you have to resist the idea that you have to leave the workforce and think more that you may have to leave your employer and find a more flexible employer. And the best strategy right off the bat um, when you're in that situation and also for women who are at home and have been home for a while, want to re-enter and are afraid of getting back into the corporate grind. In both of those flexible job search situations, the best strategy is to head towards smaller companies. And what I mean by that is not like, you know, little mom and pop shops or, you know, startups that only have five people in the garage. I mean, those would probably be very flexible, but (laughs) I'm just talking about companies that are down a tier or two from the big, you know, multinational giants, household names, because it's very difficult to institutionalize flexibility across a huge global workforce. And companies that are smaller can be more nimble, their management teams can be more visible, their management teams can kind of set the example for flexibility at the top. And so you really want to, you know, do research and networking, you know, within your commutable distance for companies that, you know, may not have ever been on your radar before, but in fact, could have, you know, great clients and great people who used to be at the big corporations and you know, they wanted to get out of sort of big corporate rat race. The other thing I should say, though, is that there are big companies that are doing a very good job of creating more flexible cultures. You know, two that come to mind right off the bat would be PricewaterhouseCoopers, Ernst & Young. And if you look at the working mother, um, 100 best companies to work for, you're going to see a lot of company names on the, on there. They're probably not 100% committed to flexible work culture, but their flexibility does exist in some ways at those companies. They're trying to figure it out. Um, another surprising thing is the major law firms that forced women out in droves uh, as the partner track was so intense. You know, these are these very companies are now, you know, doing an about fit and, and figuring out how to offer women paths and create more flexibility. Um, working Mother also has a list of the, you know, best law firms. So, you know, at the law companies that are more innovative, uh, looking at naturalists, looking at um, lists in your state, um, or your region, generally speak, 
thing, you're going to have more luck with smaller companies. So flexibility goes up as company size goes up. I think that that's a really good advice and really good word of thumb. And we will link to all of those resources that you were mentioning in our show notes page. So the Working Mother, 100 Best Workplaces. And I think too, even just doing some Google searches too, to figure out what maybe, you know, regional companies or state companies, I know that there's always those best companies to work for lists out there. So I think that that's important. Now, one of the things that you said though, was networking. And I feel like that that is such an important piece to finding that flexible position because I mean obviously it's very generous of a company and and it's very attractive to have that kind of a position so I can imagine that it's going to be more competitive for some more of those flexible positions that are out there and so networking I can see being a huge advantage to women that are trying to find these positions and and get the positions so talk to us a little bit about networking and and why that's so important well networking is the important job search tool, whether you're looking for a flexible job or a, a traditional job. But networking is particularly important when looking for a flexible job because flexible jobs are not as widely advertised. Generally speaking, you don't want to be looking for a job on the internet under any circumstances because the internet, you know, every job listing gets huge numbers of responses and the and the internet job boards tend to be big black hole. From a flexible work perspective, there are some exceptions I really highly recommend jobs because they are committed to, you know, very high quality listings and they make sure that they're up to date and and all jobs are flexible. But generally speaking, you have to Search around for flexible jobs, uh, networking, because in many cases, the jobs don't really exist. You know, as you're networking and you're telling your connections about the kind of work that you want to do and you want to work in a flexible way, often what happens is that a manager could be thinking, gee, you know, this person would be great on a freelance basis for these five projects that we can't get to. Or oh, if we really can't afford another full-time person, but you know, maybe we could use this person's skills at in a part-time role. So a lot of things happen while you're networking where there doesn't have to be, you know, a very specific role. Flexible roles are just, you know, are fluid and they and they occur as business needs ebb and flow. So they're out there talking to people. You're hearing about you know changes that are happening. You know it could be as as granular as you know going out on maternity leave for or or disability leave for an extended period, or it could be you know just that they a new initiative and they have to it in a, in a more as-needed way as opposed to, you know, hiring someone that may not be busy for an entire That's so good. And I, I, as you were talking, my mind, I was just thinking, I was like, yeah, you know, I mean, so many times I have um, referred someone to someone who was looking for some help or just even had some questions about something that has led to someone having a job just by making an introduction for someone. 
And even, you know, in my own situation, it was literally an old colleague who reached out over a Facebook message to say, hey, I'm trying to fill this position at this company. Do you know anyone who would be interested? And I was like, well, yeah, me, but it would have to be this, this, and this. And I was able to kind of negotiate that in the hiring process. But I think sometimes, you know, we forget about those things and we start to think immediately about, oh, it'd be great if, and then all of a sudden those become our boundaries or our hard, fast rules of what we're looking for. And if something doesn't fit exactly that, then we move on when really we forget, like you never know how that opportunity is going to unfold. And so it's best just to keep networking, keep your, your eyes open, your options open and see what might unfold in front of you. Right. Absolutely. Fantastic. So Catherine, one last question I have for you. All of this stuff is so amazing. If anyone's been listening to this and they're thinking, I have been praying for some flexibility. I've been praying for another option. And I never even gave this a a, a thought that I could possibly ask for some more flexibility in my current job or look for something that's a little bit different. I know in our Facebook group, we've had a few women who have been on maternity leave and have been able to negotiate coming back part-time or coming back four days a week, um, you know, doing four tens all kinds of different things. And, and like you mentioned early on, there's a lot of different ways that you can have flexible work. But if someone's listening to this and they're thinking, I really need this for my life, I really want to try to make a go of this, what would be that first piece of advice that you would give them to do? I think that you have to start thinking more in terms of your areas of expertise as opposed to the, to the job titles that you think you want or that you're qualified for, because flexible work is often filling a specific requires a very specific talent. You know, when you're hired into a full-time marketing manager position, you have a laundry list of responsibilities, and you know you kind of morph into somebody else's role a little bit, and it's different. If you're going to be hired into a part-time role or a freelance or you're looking for consulting assignments, often you need to show that you have very specific and strong expertise in a certain area because flexibility is often asked for specialists as opposed to generalists that, you know, the marketing your role would be. Mm, That's good. That's a good tip. That's very, very good. Well, I'm super excited to be reading your book, Ambition Redefined. Now, where can people get their hands on your new book? Well, it's on Amazon and Barnes & Noble and at your local bookstore. Fantastic. And we will link to everything, Catherine, in our show notes page. I highly encourage you go over to her website and you just look around because she's got so many great tools and resources out there. And Catherine, just thank you so much for being such a supporter for working women, for working moms, and for being here on the show today to be able to provide such great wisdom for our audience. Oh, thanks, Jenny. It was a pleasure to be here with you. And there you go. I pray that this episode today really blesses you, that it meets you right where you're at and provides you the right tools and resources to help you make a path forward and trust in God and whatever that path looks like, that he has you. If you've not yet subscribed to the show, I hope that you do so you don't miss any of the bonus material that we have coming up to help you in all different eight areas of life that we talk about here on the show. 
So you'll get bonus material to help you with this COVID-19 crisis to help you in your faith, marriage, parenting, career, health, home, finances, and friends and fun. And because I truly, truly believe that the best way through this dark valley is with God right by our side. And so you can expect each one of those bonus episodes to be full of faith. You know, one thing that I think is true and something that God has really been laying on my heart and guiding my scripture reading every single morning is really in this way of thinking, a way of having wisdom and everything that is going on because it is kind of a chaotic, crazy time. And if we let ourselves go down different bunny holes of different things we see on social media or stories we hear, our emotions can start to get really, really high. And like I said at the beginning of the show, there's nothing wrong with having emotions. There's nothing wrong with having some fear, but we have to take action and decide that we are going to have faith. We have to decide that God is in control over all of this. And no matter what happens, that he has us, that he's right there with us. And the wisdom that comes with taking capture our thoughts and knowing that we know that we know that God is in control that he will not forsake us, that he is right by our side. And when we know that, we have an obligation to let other people know that as well, to let them know the good news and not just sit there and suffer and be in fear. Truly, this is our time to be the light, to shine bright, to be that beacon on the hill that is not hidden. And so I challenge you, if you're listening to this and you share those same beliefs that I do, that you would think about over the course of the next couple of days, ways that you can be a blessing to others. How can you not just serve them and love on them, but really point it back to Jesus and let them know who he is and what the good news is and that we don't have to be afraid. Father, I just ask for your blessing over each and every single person who is listening to this podcast, Lord God. I would pray that they would move closer to you, that they would get to know you better through this crisis, Lord Jesus, that they would feel your peace and your love and your presence in everything that they do. Lord God, I pray that as a nation, as a world, we learn to rely more on you and look to you versus our own strength, our own understanding in the situations that we find ourselves in every day, but especially as we go throughout this crisis. I'm in agreement that we are choosing to stand with you, that we are choosing to follow you. We are choosing to have faith over fear. And Lord, we just pray for strength to choose that each and every single day. In your name, we pray for healing, for blessings, and for peace. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, friends, you can expect that first bonus episode to land on your podcast player in the next couple days. And until then, keep building a life that rocks. Bye. Hey, just because the episode's over doesn't mean we have to stop hanging out. Head on over to Instagram and follow me there. You can find me at your.life.rocks. Or if you're more of a Facebook kind of girl, join our community of working Christian moms just like you. You can search Your Life Rocks over on Facebook and connect with us there. And if you're ready to truly create lasting balance and get results in your life, maybe it's time for you to join Life Balance Membership. Download the Your Life Rocks app in iTunes or in Google Play. You can upgrade to the membership right inside the app. And if you're looking for more resources to help you create more balance, head on over to yourliferocks.com.